everybody. It's Fred Morneau. We at Action Sports Shacks hope you and your family are doing well. Coronavirus has forced a lot of people to choose between buying food and keeping the lights on. Whether you're one of these people or not, we're all living through this pandemic together. We've partnered with Feeding Northeast Florida for a virtual food drive so you can help without leaving your house. To donate now, go to ESPN690.com. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, welcome in on a Wednesday, everybody. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos. And you're listening to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. You can watch us as well. Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. I think I saw Leonard Fournette say he's going to get on Twitch. I almost replied. All right. Playing video games? ESPN 690 Jacks. Go ahead. Is he playing video games? I don't know, but he's definitely not going to be doing it with Popeyes. (laughs) Yeah. I must have missed that one. Leonard been uh, all world tweeting. Nice. The last couple of days. A lot of people were calling him out for trying to get Popeyes to send him food, but I think he, like, because he put the price in it, so I think he was just willing to pay. I, I think, I don't think he cared about twenty four ninety nine. is my guess. Uh, <laughs> I think I saw that, right? It was like twenty four yeah. ninety nine. I think he can handle that. He's yeah. make, made like $20 million or something. I think he'll be uh, right. on the rookie deal. 27 I think it might be up to. So... Uh, Fournette. He is a fun follow, man. I, yeah. I said it yesterday. I, I did in uh, sports on CBS 47 and Fox 30. I think he'll go down as one of the most interesting characters we've ever had in Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, really. Uh, I think he'll be. Some people will love him. Some people will hate him. Some hate the pick where it was made. Mm-hmm. The production was there at times, not all the time. You never knew what you were going to get. Uh, it's. And he's funny, man. He is so funny. So I, I think uh, Leonard Fournette will go down as one of the great characters. And it did get me thinking a little bit, at least since I've been here, 2008, who would you put in as, as some of the great characters uh, on the Jacksonville Jaguars? Mm-hmm. Some good, some bad. Like, listen, we may find out Telvin Smith's in the news here today in the next uh, little bit or not. Um, there are some way? rumors swirling around about some activity outside his um, place again. So we're working on that story, and I don't know what that means, but I think Telvin Smith and this whole thing anyway will go down as one of the uh, one of the the wild stories, the a character because for listen, the first couple of years, I mean, he was fun, right? Yeah. And then the downturn of of whatever has happened will happen, how the end of the story will be written. Uh, could be interesting. So we'll keep you posted on that front. I'm not sure we're going to get too much on, on the Telvin Smith front uh, today, but we are working the story a little bit and what it's all about and um, what's happening, if I mean, anything, are over these there. are new things? Yeah, this would be a new old, thing today. Okay. I, uh, okay. So I, I just don't have a lot of details, so I'm a little reluctant to say. Gotcha. Um, other than there's now social media is starting to spread a little bit to where there's some activity outside its place uh, once again. Um, so we'll, we'll see if that's how how on the money that is um i've had some folks tell me yeah it was but we don't know why all, all that stuff so remember last fall yeah. telvin had a police presence outside and there's been nothing done with that and i'll give you the, the with the great irony for me today is this morning i actually texted uh, or emailed our newsroom and said hey is there anything new on the telvin front mm-hmm. hours later i'm getting a text from our newsroom saying, hey, can you confirm if anything's going on outside his house? Yeah. How bizarre is that? 
I mean, I, I just out of the blue asked, hey, is there anything new on this? And uh, so we'll see if anything materializes on that front. But, you know, in, in a different way. I think from a character point of view, Telvin, uh, you know, where where this ends up, we'll see. But, I mean, he's grown the great personalities to wear a Jags uniform those first few years. Uh, you know, I mean, he he was fun. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's interesting over the years to see what guys you cover. You cover a lot of good people um, in, in that locker room, uh, a lot of fun personalities. A lot of times they weren't able to showcase their personality because maybe the lack of wins and et cetera. You know, I, I would say one of the great characters, I mean, Jalen Ramsey, will, hands down, is one of the great characters that we've covered uh, it, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, you know who else is on this list that people probably wouldn't be pretty high on the list? There you go. But I, it's underrated is Bortles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean I, I didn't get to really share locker with him at all, but obviously you see him on Barstool, you see him on all these things, so um, I would definitely put him on that list as well. And the, the city of Jacksonville obviously gravitated towards him as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, th- those were fun. <clears throat> Could have some really fun moments. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I'll tell you this, I, what, what I'm wondering now, like, I don't think Del Rio was kind of like this great character. Coughlin was Stern Coughlin well, see, when he was a coach. I think Del Rio was a character because he would rock, like, the stuff on the sidelines. I mean, he, he, he stood out because the guy would rock a blazer in the middle of Jacksonville yeah. in the middle of the summertime in yeah. a football game. Got sunglasses so, on. Yeah, so, like, to me, he stood out because of that. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a bad call. I, I, I just I never really felt that way covering him from a media standpoint that he was. Um, you know, Gus was a really good guy. But Marone has developed into a little bit of a character, you mm. know? I mean, you'll get some just off-the-wall things sometimes. He's become very comfortable in, in behind that podium, mm-hmm. and uh, he can let loose. Uh, I, I actually feel like from a coaching standpoint, he might be one of the great characters at the end of the day. I think goes with that is winning, uh, the quips, uh, the fun um, you know, and how you kind of do in front of a microphone. I mean, for, for the outside world to see, like you would maybe say, there's a bunch of guys that are great characters in your locker room that you played with, but we might not see it. Yeah, for sure. Outside, I mean, you know? that's what I was gonna say. You know, like when I think of characters, like obviously Pot Roast was a great character. Jeremy Mincy was a great character. Um, but to me, like the characters that are like in the spotlight and that you know kind of let it be known that they're characters. Like, I mean, I think Leonard Fournette, like maybe on a national level, well, he's a character now because he was talking smack about Jalen Ramsey getting choked out by AJ Green. So like that give him some kind of notoriety. But I think usually the way it works is if you are kind of like that character guy, um, especially at a position like running back, quarterback, wide receiver, odds are you may not be the most successful player, you know? Cause I mean, I think Gronk's an exception. Um, Antonio Brown, when he first started out, was just kind of this quiet, um, kind of just a low-key kind of guy. Obviously, when he went to the Raiders, then that kind of transpired into this, just this media frenzy. And obviously, I think, you know, his play and his attitude suffered from that. So it's hard to balance, I think, being a character, you know, and, and, and doing that whole brand thing, especially from positions like a quarterback or running back or wide receiver, where all eyes are always on you and try to make it into a successful thing for your career. Well, and by the way, you know, Gardner Minshew, if he finds some success, mm-hmm. I mean, you already is one of the great characters actually in Jaguars history. Yep. But it could be really short lived, or it could be really long term. Mm-hmm. You know, and and how he changes that, you know, down the line. If he is successful this year, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, we had no idea where we were going here today, but we kind of just stumbled upon it. But see, I, I kind of always say this about Bortles, right? Bortles is this fun guy. He's um, he is a character. I think he's he's cool. He's, he's good to be around. I think a good teammate. I think people like him. 
But there is something there was always something missing about Bortles. Like I would always say, if you want to be elite in the NFL, how many guys are going on the barstool stuff at the quarterback position? Mm-hmm. Like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, those kind of Drew Brees, they don't do that stuff. You know, there's a CEO kind of aspect to being a quarterback that I don't think Bill A. Cat, you know, and and listen, when he first enters the league and when you're winning games like in 2017, that's a fun thing. You know, when you're on barstool and it's kind of funny when you're losing games and things aren't going well, you're not playing well, it doesn't add up. You know, mm-hmm. so that's interesting to me. Now, well, Minshew is not in that respect. Minshew is just such a different animal, different character in himself. Mm. But I do wonder, say he has success this year. Say he becomes the franchise quarterback, and he's the franchise quarterback, let's just short-term it for five years, okay? Mm-hmm. Can he keep this character, or does he squash the character a little bit and take more of the CEO kind of QB of the NFL role on? Mm-hmm. Even though that's not necessarily who he is, but does he kind of adapt to that guy Rather than the guy we saw last year, and no, it's going to be interesting to see the maturation. Listen, his right now, this is his franchise. Mm-hmm. He's the face of the franchise. How can you can you be that way at the quarterback spot? Listen, he he didn't change who he was when he went to Washington State under a rough situation. Came in there, won the starting quarterback spot, and kind of got the leadership of that locker room. He didn't change then, and he didn't change obviously his rookie year of the NFL when he became the starter. So I, I don't expect him to change. I just expect Gardner Minshew to be Gardner Minshew. Now, if that's the bandera, you know, bandana wearing, you know, jean short, rocking kind of guy, then so be it. You know, I mean, as long as you're producing on the field, you can be whoever you want to be, as long as you're being yourself, and that's who I think Gardner Minshew truly is. So I'm not going to be surprised if we're talking about three or four years down the line where, you know, Gardner Minshew's still, you know, being successful in the NFL and still doing the exact same thing because that's what he's done his entire life. And this kind of comes up because towards the end of last show, we were talking about Dennis Rodman and how he was kind of, you know, himself. And Jordan and Pippen embraced that because as long as you're performing, right, it's going well. So... Is there like a, a side to it where if they're seeing who Minshew is, that you know one of their leaders is comfortable being himself, does that have an effect in the locker room? No, without a doubt. You know, like Minshew's not gonna get along with everybody just because. I mean, he's not gonna like you know adapt to everybody. Like Leonard Fournette even said, like yeah, this guy's rocking the jock strap when he's stretching. Like that's weird to a lot of people. Okay, that's not normal behavior <laughs> in an NFL <laughs> locker room. But it works because you know why? When he steps on the field. Um, he's dominant. You know, he, he's that dog, as they say. And, you know, and, and uh, can you compare him to Dennis Rodman. See, Dennis Rodman, to me, he, he was troubled. Like, Dennis Rodman was always praised for being himself, but at the same time, he was troubled. You know, like, if you watch his documentary, man, he talks about where the first couple of years in Detroit, he was well-mannered and didn't talk to anybody. Yeah, yeah. And, and he wouldn't go out, you know. And then when the head coach of Detroit got fired, like, that was like his father figure. Because father figure was never there. Yeah, um, Chuck Daly. Exactly. So Chuck Daly gets fired. All of a sudden, he's in a situation where, you know, he doesn't know what to do. He has nobody to confide in because he's not a social guy. Well, now he's finding himself in a parking lot ready to blow his brains out, you know? And then thankfully, he didn't do that. Um, he ends up going to uh, San Antonio then, and it's more of the same thing, right? He starts to kind of act out a little bit because he doesn't know who he is as a person. Starts dating Carmen Electra, dates Madonna. Madonna tells him, hey, go ahead and let your freak flag fly and just be yourself. Well, then this is where all the crazy hair colors and all the crazy parties come into play. And he's even said it. He's like, when I was at the bar, when I was acting out, when I was buying people drinks, 
I was doing it for the camaraderie. They didn't care about Dennis Rodman. They just wanted to be part of the ride. When the ride was over, no one cared about Dennis Rodman anymore. So I think Dennis Rodman was more of a troubled guy in the standpoint of he didn't really know who he was, right? He, he kind of acted out a little more, maybe for attention or just to play the role. I think with Gardner Minshew, it's genuinely who Gardner Minshew is. Yeah, I agree. He knows exactly who he is. Uh, yeah. Listen, I think it's a far cry to compare Rodman to uh, <laughs> Minshew in that respect. But the what's interesting to me is just the position. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the quarterback position in general, uh, the leader of the team, often a CEO. And, and by the way, you have had some characters at that spot before. From I think uh, if you go way back in the day, right? I think Ken Stabler would have fit that. I, I believe uh, I wasn't really around to see all that, but I think the the stories are there for it. Joe Namath, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Namath's probably the most famous of it. Yeah. Um. But but even recently, listen, um, Jim McMahon mm-hmm. uh, for the Chicago. I say recently, like recently when I'm alive, I've <laughs> been watching. But you know, won the Super Bowl. Now he wasn't an elite quarterback for a long time. It was kind of a one year thing, mm-hmm. and it was everybody else that surrounded him. I mean, any anybody else come to mind the last twenty years, like in terms of the characters? Listen, everybody's got personality. I'm not, like Brett Favre has personality, but he's not that. Like you don't think of it like I that. I don't think of Flutie to be. I mean, Flutie that wasn't really a character, but just like his story, his size. I mean, that was like yeah. that was a thing, you know. But it. I mean, you don't I, see I, from I don't that position Mike very Vick either, really, because Mike Vick, I mean, he wasn't a character. It was just his style of play kind of dictated like he was the new, yeah, yeah. fresh That's face. what so, felt different. Yeah, but I mean, the, there is a double standard. You know, like the, the quarterback position, listen, it probably comes with the most money, the more, most responsibility, but it's also the highest double standard, um, maybe even in sports. You know, because it's funny because everyone wants to say, well, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's not a really nice guy. He can be a jerk. Well, I've seen Aaron Rodgers on Barstool. I've seen Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee's show. Yeah, uh, yeah. And like to me, like Aaron Rodgers is the guy you want to have a whiskey with. Like he, people always say that. But then, if Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rogers struggles in the game, then it's like, oh, he's got to dump Danica Patrick. He, he you know, he, <laughs> yeah. she should have stayed with his ex girlfriend. Like all that stuff, man. Like you're not talking about any other player. You're not talking about a running back like that. You're not talking about a wide receiver like that. It's just it, it is the true double standard in professional sports. Not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's how it is. Man. Modern day, you know, right now in terms of the current quarterbacks, I think he might be the one. Now he doesn't come across with jorts and bandana and and mustache, mm-hmm. but he does come with this kind of characteristic that doesn't fit a lot of other quarterbacks. Now listen. Many quarterbacks these days are are dating stars or married mm-hmm. to stars like Brady and, and Russell Wilson, you know. Yep. So he's kind of lived in that arena. But I think you're right. You will see Rodgers on, on those kind of platforms mm-hmm. that you don't see a lot of other quarterbacks. I'm not saying they never go on it, by the way. if You, got, you probably have an example of more. But Rodgers is more like that. Mm-hmm. And also, Rodgers is the quarterback of this time that comes across as a diva. Correct. You know, that's usually reserved for wide receivers yeah. or corners or somebody like that. The, the quarterbacks, even though they might be, they don't come across that way. Aaron Rodgers does. Like, well, he comes across why? as a deep. I don't understand why. Like, if this guy's out here doing these interviews with, you know, the, the Barstool Sports, and it's like, it's casual, it's laid back, it's not professional. Every once in a while, you might see him on Twitter or something like that on Instagram. Like, the guy's out here living his life. And people love that. People love to see the behind the access. People love to see when he has a podcast with Danica Patrick and he talks about the locker room a little bit. People eat that stuff up, especially in Wisconsin. But then 
if he doesn't agree with a coach on the sideline, it's like, hey, we should have called this play, we called whatever. Then it's like, oh, this guy's a diva. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I just I don't understand it, man. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, it's a very fickle position. It is in, in that sense. Yeah, uh, but he, I would say, he is unique in that sense. Like mm-hmm. I don't really consider. Again, there might be divas all. I mean, Peyton Manning might have been the biggest diva of all. I mean, who knows the yeah. stories behind it? But, but just didn't he, present he, itself that way. Exactly. You know? And you never saw Peyton Manning doing like you know just casual interviews like that either. You know, Peyton Manning for the most part wasn't around social media and all that stuff. No, but at the later part of his career, and especially now after, but oh, even no, later part yeah. of his career, became Saturday Night Absolutely. Live and commercial guy. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, he really did. Yeah. So uh, he had more Joe Namath in him maybe than anybody ever really thought. Just didn't come across that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, it, yeah, pretty interesting stuff uh, that's related to the quarterback position mm-hmm. uh, in general. Today on the show, talk a little bit about backup QB's Jameis Winston deal. You know what everybody wants to know? Why didn't everybody sign him for that much? No kidding, man. Would any would he have come to Jacksonville? Would he have gone anywhere for that price? Let's begin there. Uh, and we also have an interview with Colin Johnson, Jaguars' fifth-round pick. Had some fun with that today. Uh, we will uh, talk to the wide receiver out of Texas and uh, much more here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Your call is always welcome, 904-362-9901. Uh, we didn't plan it, but we did ask, who are some of your favorite characters in Jaguars history? Uh, some of the players, let us know. And if anything comes along on the Telvin Smith front, we'll keep you posted. I'm getting a lot of questions about it, uh, so we will keep an eye on that situation as well. I also have a couple of thoughts on the Telvin Smith front, regardless of what's maybe happening this afternoon. It's next on ESPN 690. Any plan right now is, you know, it's, it's just that. It's a plan, and nobody really has an answer for anything. But, uh, you know, I think baseball players want to play. You know, we want to play. We miss the game. Um, we want to be out there, but we also, you know, we, we don't want to be away from our families for four or five months quarantine in a hotel. So I think there's probably a happy medium that we can get to where everybody is satisfied with the safety of, you know, ourselves, our families, the fans and everybody else. And, um, also get to play baseball. And that's, uh, you know, there's a lot of people smarter than me figuring that out right now. So I'm thankful for that. That is Clayton Kershaw, former Jacksonville son, by the way, Dodger left-hander and major league baseball has all these contingencies and there are talks of no american league and national league and breaking up divisions and playing in arizona playing in florida i do think what he said there is probably a prevailing thought amongst players we don't want to be sequestered away from our families for months yeah, uh, and I don't think many people would sign up for that. Now, are you willing to give up paychecks? Well, guess what? Clayton Kershaw probably is willing. He signed a deal worth three hundred million dollars. He's gonna be all right. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. So, uh, it, it'll be interesting. We're gonna talk a little bit more about that in terms of college football. There's some new information out, even on the college football side, and there is a lot of reopening talk going on right now in our country, uh, in our state, in our mm-hmm. city. And how does it pertain to sports? I mean, sports is a big element of this big element. Like when you talk to or listen to whether it's President Trump, governors, mayors, sports is part of the conversation and how they're going to do it. And so uh, we'll have a little bit more of that conversation uh, coming up a little bit later on. Uh, part of the conversation we started with today, we really didn't even plan on it, which I always like when it becomes organic like that in the first minute of a show. Uh, hopefully you like the topic, but we're trying to uh, we're asking you. Who are some of the great characters, really, in Jaguars history? And I think they come in all different shapes and sizes, sizes, personalities, and likability. 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, some names we threw out there, just more of the recent current players, anywhere from Telvin Smith to Jalen Ramsey to Leonard Fournette to Gardner Minshew and even Blake Bortles. You know, mm-hmm. uh, listen, Jeremy Parnell, I wouldn't put in the great character pile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Scary guy. Yeah, put yeah, him yeah. in that pile. For but sure. Not in the great character pile. Who else? Who else comes to mind uh, when it comes to great ca- characters? Here's one that will make the news a lot, but I would not, and has has performed really well, but I wouldn't put him in this pile. And that's Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah. Now, I think this drama and the story and everything else will play out someday, and, and you can put it in a different bucket, mm-hmm. but it's not going in that bucket. Uh, he's, he's not one of the great characters that we've seen in a Jaguars uniform. So hopefully you understand the context of it. Play along if you want. Uh, maybe we'll revisit it. Uh, 904-362-9901, star star 690. You're always invited to any topic here on the show and also on social media. You can play along there as well. Jameis Winston signs a deal, mm-hmm. which essentially is like a million dollar deal. Yeah. I mean, the New Orleans Saints are paying Jameis Winston, who led the league in yardage last year the same amount of money that the rams paid blake bortles to be their backup quarterback last year for sure and both have one thing in common they turned it over a bunch there you go keep in mind the jags were paying five and a half million dollars i think it was of bortles contract so the bucks are not on the hook but it's a great deal for the Saints. And you understand what Jameis is doing. He called it the Harvard education yeah. of, well, of NFL quarterback rooms. And keep in mind, I think it it comes out to like three or four million with incentives. It does, Providing yeah. that he needs them. So, but he's got to play. No, right? uh, of course, yeah. And, and so uh, but, that makes sense. But it's still, I mean, it's only really costing them at face value around a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's a great move by Jameis because he sees the writing on the wall. You're, you're not going to be a starting quarterback next year um, for that NFL season, okay? You're, it's just not going to happen. You're going to be a backup. So if you're going to be a backup and you have some money in the bank, why wouldn't you go to probably the best place to be, the best player to learn from, the best coaches to be around in the New Orleans Saints? Why wouldn't you do that, improve your game, and then when the, once that year is up, you're free to go wherever you want. It obviously paid dividends for Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater actually had a chance to be a starting quarterback last year if he left the Saints. He didn't. He stayed an extra year, played behind Drew Brees. His number was called. He did okay. They won ball games because of Teddy Bridgewater. And now what happened? Starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. New coaching staff, new regime, everything. So I think Jameis Winston has played this um, very nicely. The issue, though, is now if you're Cam Newton... You're on Instagram with your crazy font wondering, hey, man, you just took it for a million dollars? What, what, what am I going to get now? Yeah, because I was going to say, it, thanks for setting the market. Because the whole market now is about to kind of take a, di- a deep dive just because Jameis Winston loved the you know, NFL and passes or NFL and TDs in the last year um, is playing for a million dollars, which is crazy to think. Yeah, it, it is uh, a little bizarre to think that. Good situation for Jameis, right? I mean, it's the best quarterback room yeah. in the league. Yep. Am I missing something? I mean, it's the best quarterback room in the league. you got Drew Brees, one of the greats of all time. Jameis Winston, again, who's got a track record of being able to play the position, even though he makes some mistakes. You've got an offensive-minded coach. And, by the way, you have Taysom Hill, who you just gave $21 million to. (laughs) No, for sure. I mean, I would argue either them or probably the Chiefs have the best, you know, setup for quarterbacks in the NFL. And the Chiefs have Henny. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, For listen, I saw Matt Moore last year. And almost, Moore. Almost won a couple ball games and put up 30 points a game in that system. So You, you know, you brought up... Uh, something it, he said for that. It's interesting that you brought up um, uh, Bridgewater. Yeah. You know, and, and I know we're talking about two different guys, but just hear me out. Like, Bortles did go to L.A. on that deal to hopefully turn it into something. Mm. So, like, you're right. Bridgewater, he stayed, turns it into something, 20 mil a year. 
Uh, Bortles was not able to do so. You know, he played very, I think he played for a couple of snaps and that was about it. And nothing doing, right? I mean, I, Bortles still out there. Bortles, nobody even talks about him. Is he even going to be in the NFL mm-hmm. this season? I would think he'll find a way to be on somebody's roster, but not a, not a guarantee. So it's, it can work and it, and it might not work in some situations. Here's why it's brilliant for Jameis though. Because Drew Brees might retire after the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might retire. So it's a really good spot for him to say, take the – it's good foresight on his part to say, all right, don't worry about the five million or whatever else million. Just go right here and, and, and get better. Um, go under the radar for a little bit. Play if I need to play. And if not, I might get my chance anyway. They might keep me here. They might need a quarterback. Really good situation for the Saints potentially if they like him and they can fix his deficiencies, which is turning the football over, and then they wouldn't have to invest in a young QB. Now, they've got a little bit of drama potentially that could happen. They've got the Jameis thing. Uh, they've got will he or won't he retire in Drew Brees, which is a year-to-year thing. Mm-hmm. I think most recently he said he'd like, he wouldn't mind playing two, two more years, but we'll see what happens when you're 40-something years old. And then they have the Taysom Hill situation where Taysom Hill just got handsomely paid, but he does want to be a quarterback. Like, he thinks he can play quarterback half in the NFL. Pl- half on playing tight end, half on going on the kick return team and the punt team. Like, Taysom, you just got to understand what you're doing there. Okay? I, I, I you're just not getting paid to be a backup quarterback. It. I know. So. I don't see it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying he might. So they might oh, have yeah. some drama. Uh, that could unfold there. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you never know. People are going to defend. Well, Taysom Hill would have played in the, against the Minnesota Vikings in the divisional round. You know, the, the Saints would have won possibly. No, like, I don't think Taysom Hill right now. Listen, you saw it firsthand. The the Saints put a, a first-round tender on him. No team stepped up because every team understands what we understand. It's the fact that Taysom Hill is probably not a starting quarterback in the NFL. You know, I think he overall he's got like what a forty percent completion percentage or fifty percent, something low, whatever it is. I mean, it's not a lot of passes, but I think Taysom Hill was brought back to do what he does. You know, to be the X factor, to play tight end, to play wide receiver, to run the wildcat, to go on special teams and make plays. Now, will maybe he get some reps? You know, when Drew Brees goes out for some of those special packages. Absolutely. But you got to believe if Drew Brees goes down with an injury, knock on wood, Jameis Winston's going to be the guy that comes in and tries to take over. Yeah, you know what's really interesting is, uh, did you see the stat where Taysom Hill, mm. I think through seven passes to Saints players, completed seven passes, and Jameis Winston ten oh, in his career himself. or something? <laughs> I think that was the stat. I like it. It was some, but all the interceptions Jameis has thrown against New Orleans. I like That's it. a great stat. Well, it was really well done. There's a lot of teams that have a lot of interceptions against Jameis Winston. Hey, so what, two questions then around Jameis Winston. If it was only that much and maybe uh, – like Jameis Winston wouldn't have mind coming to Jacksonville too. He could see the same kind of writing. Uh, first he's, of all, he doesn't have to leave Florida. but He's not uh, doing it for a million dollars, though. No, no, no. It would have yeah. been more. But so my point of this is why didn't the Jags make a run? Should they have made a run? If it was going to be – if he was looking for opportunity more than dollars, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of what he proved here, couldn't the Jaguars have made a run? And wouldn't this be enticing to a guy like Winston? Now, listen, we both think this is Minshew's year. Mm-hmm. We're okay with that. But I think you have to also look at it from the outside point of view. I saw something, I think, in the New York Post, uh, 10 free agents still available. So the national thought is still the Jaguars are a viable option for a guy like Cam Newton. I don't think there's a chance he's coming here. Mm-hmm. But they still think so. You know what I mean? So if you're Jameis, would you have said, hey, I can go beat this guy out? 
I mean, look at it. It's a six-round pick. Why not come over here? And I might make $5 million. It would be affordable for the Jags, yeah. a viable option, a guy who's played a lot of football, and somewhat affordable these days. Even $5 million backup doesn't seem like it's holding you down. Listen, I, I think it would be more than $5 million to get James it, it and Jackson. I don't know what you the know, number because, is. You know? Listen, word on the street is that the Steelers offered to bring him in, too. And the Steelers offered him a lot more money than the Saints did. And Jameis chose to go to New Orleans because of the coaching staff and because of that locker room. So... In order for him to come to Jacksonville, man, yeah, I mean, I think we're talking nine, ten million. Now, does he have a chance to play? Absolutely. You know, like let's say um, theoretically Gardner Minshew struggles this season, and all of a sudden they go right back to Jameis Winston. Okay, then so then he gets the playing time, and that's what you want if you're a backup quarterback. But I think he kind of saw the grand scheme of things of you know if he was to come to Jacksonville, what kind of pieces are in place for the future? What does he have to work with? We don't know if the coaching staff's going to be here next year. There's a lot of question marks right now. Um, if you're a quarterback coming to Jacksonville, I think Jameis recognized that obviously, and I think he just sees New Orleans as the best situation possible. And if that means you know taking a couple million dollars here or there, taking that hit, so be it. Because in the long run, it's going to pay off for him. Yeah, I think, listen, I think he ended up in a good spot. I like this. I said it about Bortles before, too. I would say it about Bridgewater. I think these guys to take a little backseat. And when you can get in a situation like that, whether it's learning from Tom Brady or whoever else, that can't be hurt. That can't hurt you. It can't hurt you. Even at their stage of the career, they can maybe pick up something that changes their career. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there are a lot of things with players. People don't understand you, you, the development of players or they don't talk about enough. The guy that comes to mind. Well, listen, I'll give you a baseball guy, Daniel Murphy. Some he found his swing. He found something, you know, five or six years into his professional career, and then bam, all of a sudden, NLCS MVP, 300 hitter, yep. guy that's making 40 million, you know, over a couple years. That happens in sports. In football, I'll, and I know it's a little bit different, but I'll get Josh Lambo. Lambo has said it. He's he was he got kicked out of San Diego at the time mm -hmm. with the Chargers, and he feels like he's never going to miss a kick again. I mean, no, that's not reality, but he he said he found something like he he told me in an interview one time it was the final two weeks or week and a half of being in San Diego, which he always found humorous. He said, I found something like there was something he worked on in his mechanics or whatever else that gave him the confidence. And bam, all of a sudden he was on the street. Well, ever since he's been here, he's been very good. So he wasn't lying. He found something hmm. along the way. So could Jameis find something that clicks? Now, I know that's a big if, uh, but this is a good way to do it is my point. I like the idea of doing this if I'm Jameis Winston. Guy's already made a good amount of money. You yeah. don't need the paycheck. Now go you know, work on your craft to the point where you can get paid again, but then deliver for a long time to come. Yeah, I mean, it's a smart move. And listen, anytime you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, there's going to be some ego behind that. And not everybody can just be go from a starting quarterback throwing the most touchdowns in the NFL last season and go, you know what? I got to work on myself, man, because I threw a lot of interceptions last year, too. And I'm not where I need to be to be a starting quarterback. Let me go ahead and play the backup role a little bit. Let me go ahead and go back to the classroom and learn. And, you know, kind of add to my game a little bit. So by the time it comes to next season, I'm ready to roll. Not every player can do that. I mean, we'll see if Cam Newton can do that. We'll see if Cam Newton's taken, you know, a million dollars to come play for somebody. You know, because not everyone can do that. But it takes a special type of person to admit that they're not that good right now to be a starting quarterback, to take the pay cut, and then go learn some more. Do keep in mind Cam Newton had a different stage of it, too. He's played a lot longer in the league. He's coming off injuries, mm -hmm. all those things. But Jameis is still a very young guy, you yeah. know, uh, to be able to do that. Uh, best backups in the NFL. 
w- the rooms. You said Kansas City because of the experience there with Henny and and more. I mean, obviously, well, I'll go right down the list. I mean, I don't even who's backing up in Buffalo. I don't even know. Um, the Jets don't jump out at me. The Dolphins were interesting, right? They got Fitzpatrick, who's actually going to be their starter, yeah. and two is probably going to be their backup mm-hmm. to start things. The Ravens, they have RG three still as their backup. They have RG three, then they got Trace McSorley out of Penn State. Yeah. But no, uh, see, I like that though you because do. both those guys can run systematically a lot like what Jackson can run, all right? Because they're, they're both very mobile quarterbacks. I mean, is RG3 Lamar Jackson? Absolutely not. But he can do shades of the same thing. So to me, I like having the fact that you have essentially three quarterbacks in that room that are mobile that can run your offense. Yeah, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have Mason Rudolph once Ben comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know how much I... I'm in love with Mason Rudolph, but he does have like a little it. experience. Yeah. Uh, who are the Browns? Oh, they brought in, um, what's his name? Uh, Ke- no, uh, Case Keenum. Keenum, yeah. Yep. And that's fine, whatever. It's a, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like great, but it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati. Well, you know, what's I mean, interesting, if they, like Dalton, yeah. if they keep Dalton, if they keep Dalton, and that's kind of, sp- I was going to hold off on them because if it spins back, if Jacksonville adds Dalton, I think they're in a great spot. Mm-hmm. You got a guy who's worked with Gruden before. I feel so – I said this yesterday on the show, or maybe it was Monday. I feel so much better about the Jaguars' room if Dalton's on the roster. Mm-hmm. I just think he's going I, – I don't know if he's going to be on the roster. I thought about it more. I think he's going to have too many suitors. Like, why wouldn't the Patriots even take a, a run at him? Well, do you think Cincinnati cuts him, first of all? And and if they don't, yeah, yeah. I mean, $17 million is a lot for your back. I know people are, are okay with a lot of money in their backups now. It's a little different. I mean, that's a lot. Had, yeah. We'll, I mean, we just had that situation. <laughs> Jack's got rid of Foles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, the Colts have Brissette. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I it's like not that. a bad room. Yep. Uh, you know, the Titans. Well, especially the guy that's been there before, too. Brissette. You know, he's what come the to Titans the system. Do? Behind Tannehill. Um, I don't even remember. Uh, the Chiefs, you mentioned. The Broncos have Locke. And then uh, the Raiders. Titans have Logan Woodside. Yeah, whatever. Uh <laughs> The Raiders always want more quarterbacks. Well, they, they had Mariota. Oh, they got Mariota, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I mean, good by name. Yeah. I mean, doesn't hurt. A lot of starts. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Chargers have Tyrod Taylor and now Herbert, so they're going with a young guy. I think yep. that kind of eliminates them from this kind of conversation. The Eagles just drafted Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. so they're going to make sure that room is pretty strong. Uh, the Giants and the Cowboys, the Redskins. The Redskins brought Kyle Allen over. The Packers now have a first-round pick. <laughs> yeah. We know how we feel about that. Uh, and then, you know, Chicago has uh, a lot of investment in their room, although I don't know if anybody would want either one of them as their starter. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so, like, as far as the quarterback rooms are concerned, the ones that stick out to me, I like the Ravens, what they do. Um, if Andy Dalton stay in Cincinnati, I like that to try to groom uh, Joe Burrow a little bit, a guy that's been in the system for a while there in Cincinnati. Um, I like the coach with Jacoby Brissett because he's done it last year. Um, I like Brian Fitzpatrick and Tua, obviously, in Miami. Um, the Saints, you can't fault them, obviously. Saints have the best room. Yeah. And then I don't mind either the Detroit Lions with Matthew Stafford and Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel's always been the guy that's kind of been that go-to backup quarterback role. He's played, uh, spent some time in New Orleans with Drew Brees, spent some time in Kansas City, and now he's in Detroit. So um, I think he's a great backup quarterback. Uh, Chase Daniel's making some money in the NFL. You better believe him, And I don't know how many snaps he's even had. (sighs) Who knows? But he's making a lot of money. Yeah. He's been around for a while. So, you know, listen, people have invested in the quarterback. That's really kind of the point of it. Should the Jags have invested a little more maybe to bring Jameis in? 
I don't I don't love the idea of that because I like Minshew as the guy, and I think it would threaten that, to mm-hmm. be honest. I think it would add some pressure to threaten that. I do think their room, just to recap, if they put Dalton in that room for a decent price tag, I mean, I'm not sp- going over the moon for Andy Dalton, but if they can get that, uh, I really like their, their quarterback room then. Mm-hmm. Now, now you've got a guy in Minshew that you think you can do it. You've got a guy in Dalton who's played a ton of football and has won football games and has taken teams to the playoffs. And uh, my, my dynamic might not be a starter anymore in the league, but he certainly could be labeled one of the better backups. And then you have some young guys that either have been around like Dobbs or now you can invest in and, and see what you have in Luton. becomes a pretty good room. But Dalton needs to make me feel that way. Like yeah. They need to add him to make me feel that way. I would say they have way too much inexperience the way it sits right now. I mean, I'm not that comfortable in their room right now because of how much youth they have yeah. in that quarterback room. Well, and you understand where I'm coming from. Like, I want Andy Dalton here, but it's not for his pedigree. It's not for his experience. I want Andy Dalton here because he can help uh, Gardner Minshew with the system. That's all the reason I want Andy Dalton in here. If Gardner Minshew um, gets benched or not when he gets injured or something like that, do I feel confident with Andy Dalton going in to lead the Jacksonville Jaguars? Absolutely not, you know, and um, I don't really feel confident with Jacoby Brissett going back in for the Colts. I don't feel confident really with Ryan Fitzpatrick leading the Dolphins the whole time just because we've seen the ups and downs of Ryan Fitzpatrick. But what I'm confident in with those guys is they're around the system. They know what it is to be, you know, in that kind of program. So I want Andy Dalton in Jacksonville just to teach and groom Gardner Minshew more than anything. I'm not confident if Andy Dalton goes in to win ball games for the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is kind of contradictory of what you want a backup quarterback. But at the same time, this is the this is the Gardner Minshew audition hour of 2020. Okay, so I want all the tools possible for Gardner Minshew to succeed. Andy Dalton gives you that tool for Gardner Minshew to succeed. All right, a couple of comments on. Two different topics. One, great characters in Jags history. John Henderson has to be one. Calais, another. But maybe uh, a different angle, Robert Sixto said. Uh, Mary says, uh, nope on the quarterback situation. My mini Minshew grandson, who was a big fan of him, by the way, said the Jaguars did not give enough help to Gardner Minshew. I don't know if I disagree with you. I don't know if enough help. They gave some, but maybe not enough. Uh, there are a couple people making crab legs uh, <laughs> jokes, of course, with Jameis Winston. He'll never get away from that, I don't think. Uh, Robert also said, nah, Minshew ride or die at this point. If it doesn't work out, new QB, maybe new front office uh, next year. Let me ask you this then. So we've been talking about it the whole time. You know, 2020, it's going to be the year of Gardner Minshew auditioning for the future of the Jacksonville Jaguars. For being the guy maybe for the next decade. It's really going to be the thing where do you keep him or do you try to tank for Trevor? Okay. The way it stands right now on paper for the Jacksonville Jaguars do you think Gardner Minshew has enough to have the fair addition? Like, whatever happens this upcoming season, Brent, whether they win two games or they go to the playoffs, do you think right now, with the way the roster looks, this is going to be the ultimate tell for Gardner Minshew? It's going to be fair to him to see if he is the guy going forward or not? I, I think, listen, we did that whole exhibition yesterday, right, where mm-hmm. we compared him to all the other young quarterbacks in the NFL and what they have and weapons. We took eight quarterbacks and he was sixth on the list in terms of how we felt. Maybe a tie for five with me because I thought the Giants and him were, were, were like. So, I think he's in the conversation to have enough. I think he has enough uh, to, to prove your point. I think he has enough to see what you can do. To operate. To be successful. Mm-hmm. And part of a quarterback job, by the way, and we haven't seen that around here, is to make those guys better. Yeah. Like, can Gardner Minshew do that? Like, we haven't seen that. That's what Aaron Rodgers does. That's what Tom Brady does. Yeah. That's what those guys do. Can he do that? But I would be lying to you if I said I thought 
he has the best chance. I think Kylo Murray. I think well, Drew no, Locke. So I think those guys are set up better than Minshew. Here's what I'm asking. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Obviously, I think Gardner Minshew is going to be great. But let's say Gardner Minshew struggles in the next season. And let's say we're sitting here after the season, horrible season, and we're sitting here saying, man, Gardner Minshew has no excuses because he had the weapons there that he just didn't use them. Are we going to have that conversation? Are we going to have the conversation saying, well, they could have did more. They could have did more. They could always do more, but if Gardner Minshew struggles, it will be on him. Okay. It, right. it, it's it's not that bad. Yeah. It's not that bad in Jacksonville yeah. uh, on offense, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, more football talk, of course. Conversation with Colin Johnson coming up in a little bit. And uh, we'll also see what's happening with the Delvin Smith situation on ESPN 690. Being a part of New Orleans Saints, a part with Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, Sean Payton, uh, Coach Joe uh, Lombardi, Coach Pete Carmichael Jr. When you think about that room, I mean, that's like, that's like a Harvard education in, in quarterback school. That is Jameis Winston talking about the New Orleans Saints, and I'm not sure he's wrong. <laughs> it's pretty good. Really good uh, situation for, for Jameis Winston. Uh, trying to find the uh, tweet I tweeted out earlier today, and that would have to do with the NCAA. Mm. Did you see? No. Thanks for following me on Twitter. You're welcome. I mean, I follow you on Twitter. I just don't go on Twitter all the time. <sighs> You should. Well, you know, all, all that sign, you can try to find the article instead of sign about it. Um, no, I've already got it. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I'm just sign for dramatic effect. I got you. I got you. I like that when I'm watching stuff on uh, uh, closed captioning. Yeah. And I see sigh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how, how good those the closed captioning oh, can so be. Oh, sometimes house. they're in depth, man. Like, you know, I mean, sometimes you catch things you don't even know is there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what's strange, too? Yeah. Is Kaylee watches the shows with closed captioning? Mm. It's it's mm. bizarre. It's distracting to me. Yeah, it is. I like, mean, you yeah. find yourself watching that yeah. sometimes more than the show. Well, like, listen, like when I watch my Japanese cartoons, obviously there's well, captions there. Sense. You know that makes sense, and it's not really that distraction because I have to read to follow along. <laughs> yes, it's but part it, of it. Yeah, I mean, I need that. But if it's an English man and you got things popping up on the screen, no, nah, man, there's come on, no. It is wild though. She does What's like. Up with that? I don't get it. I don't know. She. That's odd to me. Right. You better get control of your household, man. Either she doesn't want to turn it off, or you better get control of your household, man. That's how it starts. It starts with closed captioning. Next thing you're on TikTok <laughs> doing God knows what, man. It might have started with TikTok first, and then got the closed captioning. I got you. I got you. Uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, it's interesting. You know, how much have our habits changed? Have you ever thought about this? How much you are watching ESPN? Mm-hmm. Whatever they have on, and how much your eyes take you to the bottom line, more so than it does to what you're watching. Like, think about how many times. Like, try to catch yourself the next time. Yeah. A little homework assignment, everybody. <laughs> next time you're watching ESPN, maybe it's The Last Dance, maybe it's whatever. How often your eyes, like my kids especially, because they've grown up with that. Mm-hmm. You know that. I mean, it's been like that now for however many years for me too. But they've grown up. They watch the bottom line, I think, way more than they watch the top 90% of the screen. And you know what's crazy, man? Like, when you're watching TV shows, like, you know, like, for instance, The Last Dance. This is like your companion right here. Oh, yeah. Like, people get on Twitter and, like, live tweet during The Last Dance. Oh, absolutely. Dude, there's no way, like... It's a pastime of mine. Yeah, but if I'm watching, like, Westworld, or if I'm watching The Last Dance, 
No, man. The, the phone gets put to the side, and I'm not touching my phone. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm focused on what's at hand. Now, like, the NFL draft's different, right? Because I had Luke Bryan serenading me, so I got bored. So I, I checked my cell phone there, and obviously I had comments during the draft because it kind of drags out and it was long. But if I'm watching, like, Westworld, if I'm watching Game of Thrones, True Detective, what, I mean, pick your drama, the, the phone is on silent and the phone gets put to the side because I need 100% focus on the screen. Well, Coos, let's just... Be thankful that Austin is not one of our listeners or viewers because right now we're making a living on this show with people working on their computer from home oh, and dude. watching or listening to the show at the I same do, time. I can That's do called work. multitasking, hey, and we love you. I can train. I can I can do work. I can do whatever. I can go on the computer, and I can listen to the show. But what I will not do, and anybody listening out there, if you're watching Game of Thrones and listening to our show, I mean, you're kind of a psychopath, right? Because you have to you have to kind of focus what's at, what's going on on the screen. So, listen, I, I don't want to lose any of our listeners, but I'm just saying, if you're watching this in-depth drama show with us in the background, with my voice trying to serenade you, what's the matter with you? What if they're pretending that the characters are you guys talking? Like oh, that? I mean, uh, great. If, if we're talking Game of Thrones, you know I'm Count Drogo. I'm sure I don't fit in. You know I'm Count Drogo. <laughs> uh, Brandy, you, I, you can be uh, Ramsey Bolton and know that, hey, that's not a compliment. <laughs> I was going to say, neither of us are going to get that. Uh, I can bring him up real quick hey, for the you. The other thing, um, Prince the Ramsey Bolt. I, I, was, I was live <laughs> tweeting the 2003 uh, ALCS Game 7 Yankees-Red Sox last night. I was really hoping Boone nice. didn't hit the damn home run again. Well, so are you into that? Are you into watching the reruns of the old? Nah, this one came on, and we were actually playing some marshmallow baseball, so it was on the background. I got and you. I was like, here it comes. I got you. It still pissed me off so, when Wakefield gave up the home run. With all due respect, that's you. Okay, because... Everybody else is like six seven, you know, Viking built and everything. You're Ramsey, but Bolton. that's not a compliment, not a good character. It's actually one could argue it's the worst compliment really? um, of the show. Yeah, he 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 was not a good person. Let's just say. Well, that fits. <laughs> uh, here's the deal: NCAA is starting to look more and more. Just a real quick thought on yeah. this: what really you talked about for a long time, and, and many people have, and I know it's not you're not alone. Throughout our efforts to enhance support for college athletes, the NCAA has relied upon considerable feedback from and the engagement of our members, including numerous student-athletes from all three divisions, allowing promotions and third-party endorsements is uncharted territory. About so that's kind of was the original tweet. They go on to say, in like 2021, I think it would be, that they would maybe allow this stuff to happen. We're getting closer. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing, right? It has to happen. Because, listen... Right now, we're in a unique set of circumstances where we don't know if college football is going to be around. And we know that universities need college football to thrive. Universities need college football to keep their heads above water, right? And right now, you know, there's there's a bunch of we'll see what happens here. There's a bunch of predictions. But one thing that can happen is they're going to close the campuses but still have college football. And guess what? If you're a college football player – and you don't go to school, but you play football, well, then take the student-athlete out of it. Guess what? You're just an athlete. And all of a sudden, your scholarship, what is that really paying for? So those players have every single right to get paid now because they're starting to understand, listen, without us, without college football, or you know, maybe some schools have college basketball that's really big, without those athletics, schools are going to fall apart, man. So we're essential. If people want to say something about essential employees, ESPN 690, Brent Martin, Lost Lane, essential, Justin Kuzar, essential, because we talk about sports That's and right. people need that. Well, I have a letter that says You it. want to talk about essential, college athletics are really the only thing that's going to keep the universities afloat. That's essential to me. So pay those essential people and reimburse them for their time. Got to get this in before we go to break. 
I don't know the Twitter handle. I still think we should do like some kind of segment with Twitter handles because I don't even know how this w- It's got the medical field in it. Med 1C, I guess, is, is what it is. Okay. They shared this. The NFL draft takes way too long. If I really wanted to watch 32 picks in three hours, I'd just watch Jameis Winston play. <laughs> Very good. I like that. That was pretty good. Nicely done. When we come back, we transition from what you were just talking about. NCAA, the kids are going to be able to make some money, it looks like, soon enough. Are the schools and football programs going to make some money in the fall? We don't know that. Where is this headed? The reopening of sports, and as it pertains to college football, could we see a spring league after all? It's called college football. Do we really get to that point? Tough situation, complex situation. We talk about it next on ESPN 690.